Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round for recap for this week's Wells Fargo Championship. And joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, this is going to be a fun one. Yeah, uh, PGA Championship just got a little more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for that. Uh, so, what a fantastic week! I'm I'm really happy for Rory. It was um, it, it was great to see. How good is golf? We say this all the time, but how good is golf? Jordan is back in the winner's circle. Even even Lydia Ko back in the winner's circle. Uh, Rory McIlroy back in the winner's circle. It is like every single week we are getting something awesome happening. Yeah, well, uh, you're... This sounds so silly to even say you're going to have somebody win every week. But what we've had in the game of golf of late, there was a while at the end of last year where you had John Rahm and Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas winning all of the events. And they were they were the guys that were really hot. They were the highest ranked players in the world. And we had the very best of the best playing great. Well, of late, we've kind of had this this time period, basically all of 2021, with a few exceptions, where the best players in the world have not really been playing all that great and they haven't been winning and you would think if this were uh you know the nba or the or, or the nhl where your stars are kind of uh struggling a little bit you might think that it, it's a bad thing for the league but golf gives you uh one after the next after the next you end up with the very you end up with great stories and and so now filling that void of the very top end guys winning, you have guys that haven't won in a while coming back and winning, like uh, like Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy and guys like that. So it's so deep. The the game is so deep, and it's in such a healthy place. We are also expecting a Kyle Porter sighting this evening, and when he joins us, we'll certainly bring him in. He's got some obligations to do. But before we jump into Rory McIlroy's nineteenth PGA Tour victory. I want to tell you about the all-new Stitcher podcast app. It's been rebuilt from the ground up to make it easier to listen to podcasts on the go or on the revamped web player. Stitcher is home to all your favorite podcasts from classics like My Favorite Murder, This American Life, and How Did This Get Made? All the CBS shows such as Pick 6, NFL Fantasy Base. This We got to fix this, Jacob. We got to fix this ad read. Fantasy Baseball Today, and of course, your favorite, The First Cut. In Stitcher, you have more control like setting your download preferences per show and the ability to listen at virtually any speed with stitcher you can listen to your podcast anytime anywhere so give the all new stitcher a try download it in the app store or at stitcherapp.com slash download and there he is kyle porter joining us this evening kp you look a little confused you look a little bewildered are you okay I'm trying to figure out what the U.S. has to get to in this Walker Cup. Do they have to get to 14, Greg? Do you know? Um, I I don't know. Uh, To be honest with you, uh, I don't know. Do you know, Rick? Does anybody know? Rory just won for the 19th time in his career. I'm yelling about the the Walker Cup. I'm sorry. Let's talk about Rory. (laughs) Rory... McElroy back in the winner's circle for the 19th time on the PGA Tour, the third time at the Wells Fargo Championship. This is the first event that he has ever won three times. And KP, how would you assess Rory's play this week? Well, here's what I talked about on HQ right afterward. And I want to hear kind of what you guys think about this. So we talk a lot about the, the big picture with him. Even even like the short term big picture where he's missed three of his last five stroke play cuts, he he just he's not playing well, and it's sort of the same thing that we saw with DJ at the end of last year, where it can just turn like that. Like he finds one thing, and it's like 
he's starts winning again. But I, I was shocked by even the, the change from day one to the last three days, right? He's 120th in the field in the first round from T to green. He's just not hitting it that well. I mean, you, you, he, he, he didn't hit the ball very well on Thursday. And in the last three days, he looks like he looks so comfortable and so good from T to green. I'm just, I'm astounded by how when guys like Keith Mitchell find something like they finish in the top 30 consistently. When guys like Rory find something, his baseline is just so high that he's going to contend to win. He's not going to win every event, but when he finds something, it's like, Oh my, it just, I'm shocked by how quickly it turns. Do you guys agree with that? Certainly. He gains two strokes off the tee, Greg. He gained over five on approach. He was about even around the green and he proved Brad Faxon correct. He gained nearly seven strokes on the putting surfaces, a complete game. And when Rory starts dialing in the irons, dialing in the wedges and rolling putts in, uh, that's all she wrote. Yeah. So Kyle, to your point, um, as, and and to your point that you just made with the statistics there, Rick, he is very well rounded right now. So I, I, the only hard thing is, did he find something? Did he find everything? Because everything was clicking when you have th- that guy putting the way that he that he putted and leading the field and scrambling the area in the strokes gain category where he's the weakest around the green at even. He leads the field and scrambling, so the short game's in great shape. And obviously, scrambling includes some of the the putting success. Um, so he uh, he clearly found something with the swing as well. And he just he rides on confidence. And as soon as he starts to get get going and starts to get hot, it's really hard to stop him because he's so good in every area. So I, I don't know if every single category was just getting closer and closer and closer. And round one was his first round back in competition in a little while. And it was a little bit of rust. And this is the guy that has been, um, you know, the 66, 68, 68 that we saw in the last three rounds is exactly what we get for. Um, that's what we've been getting in the practice rounds and in the lead up for the event. So I'm, I'm kind of curious. Did he find something on Thursday night or was Thursday's round just a little bit of competitive rust? And I, I think I lean towards the latter. So is I think Pete, I think what is Pete Cowan. Sorry, KP is Pete Cowan like all time MVP here. Just like one start, one victory. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. I think one thing that's interesting is if you look at his career. So Phil has talked about this like focus thing and it's kind of like this weird thing that he's got going on. But I don't think it's it's unrelated to I think I think Rory thrives on momentum and whenever he is like if you look at when he's he hasn't really contended like really truly contended at that many majors and yet he's got he's got four of them so like when he is locked in he is he is not just locked in but mentally like he made so many good decisions today. Like uh, he played away from holes a lot. He just, he, I think mentally whenever he's like in it, like really in it, he, uh, I don't know. He just, he, he seems like he really focuses and locks in and that just elevates every part of his game. Do you agree with that, Greg? Yeah, I do. You, you, there's a, a little bit of um, uh, the Tiger Woods kind of Sunday ability. Where when when you get to Sunday, you can go into that mindset of play the. You don't have to be over aggressive. You don't have to uh, make every putt. You make smart decisions and you play the right shot at the right time, and ultimately you come out um, on top. And so he has a great sense of what he has to do to get the job done. Um, like like I thought the shot on seventeen was a great example of that. He he takes advantage of the easy holes quote unquote, easy holes like 14, where he gets a green side in the bunker, gets up and down, makes a, a pretty simple birdie there and then makes a birdie at the par five 15th. And now he goes into the green mile and he makes it simple because he can, because he's taken advantage of the moments that he had to on the more scorable holes. So I think that's part of the reason why a golf course like this is so good for him. Um, cause he has that ability and he, and he does that and makes that happen. And, and then he can utilize his wit and the decision-making you mentioned, Kyle, to kind of close out the, the deal and, and shut the door. It, it was a, 
absolutely uh, beautiful round of golf on Sunday. I mean, he gets out and even early in this round, KP, you're like, my God, this is, this is going to be trouble. He is, he's dialed in, he's flushing it. He's giving himself birdie looks. The only bogey he made came on 18. We've got to talk about this. He hits the, probably, I think very clearly the worst shot he hit all day off 18 T he is in the penalty area, but not in the Creek on the left-hand side of 18 fairway. The lie is so bad. He's trying to decide between the options of trying to get it back out into the fairway over the creek, trying to hit it up closer to where the fans are on the left up the hill, or just take a drop. I thought, uh, not obviously, that is a very critical moment where if you make bogey, you still win, you make double, you go to a playoff. But those, him and his caddy, Harry, working through the options was, was fascinating stuff. It was fascinating. And I thought that... Um, I thought the worst decision, honestly, would have been to play up the left from where he was because you start to do stuff like that, and it's like you're, it's like trying to make back your your money in blackjack when you're down, and it just <laughs> never goes well. It always seems like it's going to go well, and it and it doesn't. Uh, I thought they made yeah. a good like the re- So I thought they made a good choice at the time, and the reason is something that you just mentioned, which is the rest of the day he was in complete control. Right. Like it, it never seen. And part of that, it seems easier when you're making a ton of putts, but he just didn't really make any mistakes. He was hitting it. Like I said earlier, he was hitting it to the, the right tiers on the greens. I just thought he played really smart. And when you're, when you're kind of flowing like that, I thought, I, I don't know if, if uh, Harry Diamond convinced him to, to take the unplayable, but if he did, that was, that was really wise because of how he had played leading up to that. I thought. Well, Kyle, he um, when they were going through that decision, they were looking at options and evaluating options, and there was a ver- a key line that Harry dropped that was, or we could drop, saying you could do this, you could do this, or we could drop. And uh, and I don't know if Rory was thinking along those lines. I don't know if anybody was thinking drop as an option until Harry mentioned that. And as soon as he mentioned that, all of a sudden the wheels started spinning, and they went towards they went towards dropping, and ultimately made the right decision. So I, I do think his caddy played a big role in that, Harry Diamond, and I, and I think it was um, an, an important decision and an important team decision. Dropping it that- has to be the has to be the play. If you go left, if you can try continue to try to go left, you might gain. 10 yards, you might create more trouble and you don't get to pick the ball up and eventually place it. And then going right is like potential absolute disaster. So I think they finally did get it right. Yeah. I, 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 who knows on the right, because it looked like he was going to have a hard time making good contact. And so then you drive it into the ground. Just the whole thing could have been a disaster. One thing I want to say, I thought his two best shots of the day were on 14 and 15 when he got up and down for birdie on both of those, because that's, that's the part where like his weapon obviously is driver. And when he's, when his short game's bad, then driver becomes so much less of a weapon because it doesn't matter that you're that close. If you're not, if you're not able to get up and down, but when you are able to get up and down, like when you're driving 14 and you can get up and down for birdie, when you're hitting it out of the rough with three wood, and just trying to run it up as close as you can on 15, you're able to get up and down for birdie. His length becomes becomes so much more of a weapon because it can turn into scores. It's not just length for the sake of length. That, that's been the last two years. It's like, well, he's still really long. Well, that doesn't mean anything if he can't score. And I think that's where people talk about the putter. I don't really care about the putter. I care about 125 to like those bunker shots. He's been bad in those areas, like statistically, anecdotally, in every way, it hasn't been good. And that's where I thought he was, he was pretty impressive uh, throughout the week. 144th in scrambling uh, on, on the year heading into that Kyle, to your point. And when that turns into first, that's a huge jump. That's a huge jump. And um, by the way, not for nothing, but he also led the field in scrambling in 2014 at Keough Island. So well, uh, I'm sorry, he, 2012. He, he talked about that. He was like, that's probably the best my short game has ever been. And it's not like, like you don't have to do the best scrambler on tour. Jordan Spieth might have to. You don't, right? If you're Rory. I thought you were but talking about he, me. <laughs> you don't either. You don't have to be any kind of scrambler. But <laughs> Rory doesn't have to because everything else is and it's just frustrating because it's not like 
it's not like he's just a he's not a long drive champion. He's a freaking really creative, good golfer that just hasn't had a short game to to you know it's it's still there but it's not like it's not good it's just at best average and if it's good then he can be he can just be so great because everything else is awesome well documented that this is his first victory since 2019 WGC HSBC champions and Greg there seemed to be uh, I would say quite a bit of relief on the 18th green with his uh, post round interview with Amanda Baliona seemed to be obviously a good spirit seemed to be a hair emotional and seemed to be happy to be back hoisting a trophy. Yeah, hair emotional is uh, <laughs> easy on him there, Rick. So he he was uh, he yeah he was emotional, which is which is really cool to see. And uh, he's a guy that clearly cares about it. And when you hear him talk about uh, the the Super League or PGL or whatever whatever they're calling it these days, and he talks about playing for legacy, you you know exactly how important a win like this is to him. And um, and I think it's clear that his career path is to to continue to try to accumulate PGA Tour wins. Nineteen of them, KP. Nineteen. Do you have any idea? Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six others with nineteen PGA Tour victories. Would we like to take a crack at these? Uh, Jim Furyk. No, Furyk has seventeen. <laughs> Ernie Els. I know that's one. Ernie Els. That's one. Uh. I mean, I don't. I, I, I get zero of these. So. Uh, I mean, he's had Ellis's career on the on the PGA Tour. That's a, I don't know how many times Ellis won worldwide. I think that's his, I think that's Rory's twenty seventh worldwide. Um, I might be I might be selling him short there. I think it's yeah. You are. It's uh oh, it's twenty eight now. Yeah, twenty eight. Okay. Uh, who else has nineteen? All right, so yeah, so the Ernie Els comp is the one we're seeing because it's 19 wins and four majors. That's what Rory has. 19 club, Ben Crenshaw, Ernie Els, Doug Ford, Hubert Green, Tom Kite, and Bill Melhorn. It's a tough It's a tough yep. club because you don't get to yep. the uh, the lifetime <laughs> exemption, right? You don't get one the, more. You're one away, right? Uh, I think the U.S. just won the Walker Cup, by the way. I'm, I'm kind of into this Walker Cup. Uh I was going to say something about Rory having 19. I think one thing that I've been thinking about, and I said this on HQ, and we we talked about this to our credit, not that anybody needs to, you know, I'm sure other people are saying it as well, but we when we talk about him, it's so different than when we talk about everybody else. It's like him and DJ and maybe Rom, but even I, th- I, I even think Rory is just different. He's like... On the tour this year, he's top 20 in, in top 10 appearances. He's, if you look at strokes game this season, he's like top 15. He's like having a world-class year if his name is anything else. If his name is Shane Lowry or Max Homa or Matthew Fitzpatrick. Not, I'm not talking about like guys that are corn fairy players. I'm talking about legit PGA Tour players. He's having a great year. But we talk about it as if it's like, is he... Is he alive? Like, is he? Does he still play? You know, well, and we he, kinda- he he finishes top, tied tenth at the API, and afterwards he says, I, "I I think I need to go in a new direction." Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was he after finished- a tied tenth, which was after a tied sixth. Yeah, he finished sixth at the at the uh, at the concession, and right. So I just we we. we I don't know. We just talk about him so differently than everybody else. And I think we lose sight of, um, we, and I wrote this on cbssports.com. We lose sight of the fact that when he flips the switch, it means he starts winning again. And when other guys flip the switch, it just means that they're like kind of moving in the right direction again, because his baseline is like a top five guy. And when you're a top five guy, you make putts and you win. And he made putts this week. So I I just, I think that's important in the way we kind of frame like what he could be going into the summer. And if, if he's going to play like this from a hundred and in, he's going to, he's going to win a lot. Now, am I convinced of it? Like completely convinced? Not really, but it, it, it's, it seems to be there. I still think there's a little room for improvement. I mean, the shot on the shot he hit on two after that great tee shot was a little bit weak, came up like 25 feet short. And I mean, you think about a couple of shots throughout the week with the wedges from, you know, that 
that where they're distance wedges, not short game, not scrambling right around immediately around the green, but those distance wedges that aren't locked in yet. So, I mean, you're talking about playing perfect golf at that point, but I, I still think there's room for improvement. So you're right, Kyle. I mean, if that gets even dialed in a little bit more, look out. Credit where it's due, KP. I believe you, Vince Carter, dot gift this after the drive on 16. Is that an accurate timing there? Uh, yeah, it took me – I in my head, I vinced it after the putt on 15. It took me a while to get to uh, – I had a lot of other things. Mother's Day, there was a lot going on. But So how, yes. how, nervous, how nervous were you when that ball took a very huge bounce on 18 and we had no idea where it was? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't <laughs> – <laughs> Which, by the way, what was that about? Like, oh, it might be somebody else's ball. Like, whose ball is out there? Like, it's not like somebody played through between the the, uh, the groups or whatever. <laughs> I, I wasn't as nervous as Jim Nance, who had uh, the roars have returned in the holster since I think like the second hole of the day. That was a great, great line. Great line. Um, I got a little nervous, but you, you challenged me last week to show some bravado, show some courage. And I did. I appreciate it. I think, yeah, we, we've talked about it. It, it. it only matters when you are sometimes wrong. It would have been bad for it to be wrong on the Roar, like the Rory win. You know what I mean? It's one thing if Martin Laird blows his lead at Shriners with three holes to go or whatever, but to, to, to Vince Carter, Doc Giffen, get it wrong on the Rory win would have been, it would have been tough. Did you see tough. my Photoshop of him in the, in the Raptors jersey? Oh, the yeah, the fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> that was your was, was it Photoshop or MS Paint? <laughs> it was it was uh, basically I had just had my kids make a run at it. Um, yeah, no, it it I felt like because I feel like there have been times where you know we talk about concession, even API, and and he's kind of in it. Rory's kind of in it, but then he he just he, he it never feels like he's he's in control of the tournament. And it really felt like that throughout the day. It really did. I I didn't see maybe his first hole or first two holes, but after that, it just, and I don't know, maybe, maybe that's all due to the putter, but it just seemed like he was not making mistakes and he's just been so mistake prone, even though he's hitting the golf ball well over the last 18 months that it was it was kind of surprising it was just it was very straightforward golf there was no drama until the 18th yeah runner up solo second abraham answer greg he basically just ran out of holes here because he played his last 10 in five under including birdies on 15 16 17 all of those bogey free in fact his entire final round 66 was bogey free I, i don't know if this is still the case but i imagine it is he's he's got to be for a long time, he was the highest ranked player in the world without a victory. I imagine that is still the case. Abraham Answer still looking for that maiden, that maiden trip to the winner's circle. This um this reminded me a lot of what he did at the American Express a couple of years ago, where he and, and unfortunately I can't think of who won that tournament. But Abraham Answer shot 63 in the final round and made a bunch of birdies late, and all of a sudden there's Abraham Answer and, and he's posted. It may have been an Andrew Landry win. Um, but anyway, he he kind of charged up late and snuck into a second place finish. And he was I remember him being upset about you know not making birdie at 18 and and he felt like he should have won the tournament. And he wasn't really on TV, he wasn't really a part of the story until all of a sudden he's on he's on seventeenth hole and he's right there by the lead. This this tournament kind of felt like that for me today. But what I loved about Abraham Answer today was the patience. You look at a guy who who makes three late birdies. Um, and he's, he's spending, he starts at four under at the beginning of the day and he just continues to chip away and make pars and, and give himself looks. And all of a sudden he gets hot at the end and maybe you're right, Rick, maybe he ran out of holes, but I think it was a really patient round today that kept him in it and it allowed him to get hot and, and end up coming in second. 
That American Express you are describing was indeed Andrew Landry's victory. It was the 2020 edition of that event. KP, Abraham answer as I love the guy, awesome competitor, always shows up. He's kind of different from what we say, you know, the modern game is going to, right? He's 5'7", he's like 160 pounds soaking wet. He's 165th on tour and driving distance, but he still finds a way to gain strokes off the tee, which means he's pounding fairways. He hits his irons well, just kind of does it differently. And when he gets going like this uh you know he's, he's got a lot of fans it's, it's nice to see him he can throw heavyweight punches from that frame yeah i love a answer i think that uh what you're saying is right and i think it's even more surprising at a place like quail hollow right because quail hollow is is it's bryson it's jason day it's these guys that are just monstrosities off the tee and that's not really that's not really his deal and so i, I just I don't know. He, I think you get him on the right type of course for him at a major or at a big event. And I don't know. I, I think he could like, can, he can win a major, right? I think so. He hits the ball really solid. He hits a ton of greens. You look at what he did this week. He, he led the field of strokes gain approach the green. He hit 58 of 72 greens. Um, 17 on Sunday. That, that's a lot of that, that. He had a lot of greens this week. He, he would, he would, he'd be a nightmare in match play. Cause he just keeps coming at you, right? Like he's just hits every green and keeps coming at you. And he would just be so hard to put away. He's got an intensity about him too, which I think is one of the reasons why you got to be Tiger Woods to, uh, to knock him off in match play. It's not easy to do, but I do think he has the game to win a major Kyle. I, I'm not sure if it's a U.S. open at Torrey Pines. I, I think, um, in years past, we he may have thought he'd be a U.S. open winner, right? Where he got in fairways. That, I, I think that's exactly kind of right. changed. Yeah. I mean, potentially. Potentially, that'd probably be a good venue for him. But it seems like distance has taken over a, a U.S. Open, and where he's a hit the fairways, hit the greens kind of a player. So maybe, maybe an Open Championship, or maybe a, maybe a PGA Championship at a venue like this. I, I I think he has the game for it. He needs the right setup. Mar- Marion is was exactly the one I was thinking of. He's played eight majors. Yeah. He has zero top tens. Not that that's that's an arbitrary number that I just threw out. His best finish t thirteen at Augusta National in twenty twenty. So it'd have to be a pretty good fit for him. Uh, Victor Hovland, uh, seemingly everywhere is a good fit for him. This It just continues to be unbelievable. He's going to finish in T3 with Keith Mitchell, two shots back. Again, kind of this weekend charge that we've seen. His Sunday 67 KP was bogey-free. Uh, birdies both 14 and 15 plays the green mile at even par, but there was certainly a moment where you're thinking, what can Hovland post? Can he post a 9? Could he post a 10? Something like that to to really, uh, you know, put a number up there for those guys to have to chase down. Yeah, he was great. I, I realized I picked him on CBSSports.com, but I don't think I had him in any of my 27 bets on our podcast. <laughs> so great job by me there. Um, I I don't know, man. Like, I love Hovland. I think he's great. I get a little bit of the... And we talked about this last week when he finished T3. There's a little bit of the Finau Xander thing where it's like, were you like, did you, did you ever control the tournament like Rory did, right? For most of the weekend. I just, I always feel like he's kind of sneaking around and playing great golf, but not really like taking over a tournament. And that's not the biggest, like, I'd, <laughs> For sure, like he's one of the ten best guys in the world right now. But I think I, I don't know. I, I want to see that. Like I want to see Xander lead the PGA by three and then close it out. I want to see Finau lead anything by three and close it out. And I think a little bit the same with Hovland. And maybe that's unfair to those guys because they're we're only talking about it because they've been playing really good golf. But I don't know. I I just I don't know. Does that make sense? Is that unfair? No, no. Look, when this guy plays the golf the way that he does, the golf, I've never, I don't think I've ever said that before. When he plays so the golf me. on the YouTube. <laughs> when he, when he plays the way that he played today, you look at him and expect what you just mentioned, Kyle, you expect him to go out there and control a tournament. He hit every shot was right at the flag. 
two whether it was a two iron from 255 yards it's right at the flag a, a wedge of some sort right at the flag 150 yards right at the flag he did it over and over and over again and ultimately uh led the field in proximity for the day i was a little surprised to see that he he only gained 0.6 strokes um approaching the green he must add a couple of, of loser approach shots in there which which took his ranking down loser <laughs> approach shots losing maybe losing approach shots Stroke, you know, this is, I don't know if you've ever heard of strokes gained, Kyle, but you, you can gain or lose strokes on a shot. So I, I think he lost a few on, on maybe, maybe it was one bad shot. I'm not sure, but it, it seemed like every time he hit it, it was right at the flag coming right down the chimney. And you, you expect a guy who's hitting it like that to win at least, at least more, at least more than twice in the three years he's been on tour. He, he had some loser approach shots during when he was playing the golf today. <laughs> yeah, not my best, not my best uh, little segment there. Hard, hard hitting analysis here at the first cut. <laughs> Keith Mitchell, Gary Woodland, they're going to round out the top five. Mitchell won over 72. Woodland even par 71. By all accounts, great finishes for both of those guys. But I want to talk about big beefy Bryson before we hit the break because he makes the cut on the number, finishes T9 and probably wishing he had two holes back because the triple he made on seven on I guess that was Friday and the double he made on 18 on Saturday, Saturday. If he, yeah if he plays those two to field average he's quick math like nine under something like that like he's right in the, and I know he can play the woulda coulda shoulda game for everybody in the field but when you're talking about two blow up holes for a guy like Bryson feels a little bit different KP yeah does he know how the cut line works yet <laughs> Uh, can calculate everything but a moving cut. I mean, I tweeted it, but like his thing about we're only beginning to learn, understand how shafts work. Well, maybe you should start to learn how cut lines work. Like what? <laughs> it's not like it was like, it was pretty solid that it was going to move to, to uh, three right? or two, whatever it was going it to move to two. Yeah. Well, yeah. first of all, we knew this. We knew on Wednesday that Friday afternoon was going yeah. to be unbelievably windy. We talked about it. Like it was. <laughs> that might gonna... that, that have been a pit play. That might have been get your get your get your stuff out there. I fly private everywhere. You know that whole deal. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, like I think I <clears throat> I think that it, it, coincidentally the cut thing is actually an important point here because it shows what guys like Bryson can do even with just 36 holes when they're out of it. I mean, he, he was he, like, if he makes par 18 on Saturday, he's kind of in the tournament, right? He, yeah. He's, he's like one of the last four or five uh, pairings on Sunday. I think if he makes that par and he, he has so much firepower and that's a place, you, you know, I, I think, it probably fit him pretty well before, but even more so now. Like I think, I think Bryson will win an event at Quail Hollow uh, over the course if he plays it a lot over the course of the rest of his career. Just it fits him great because he hits it forever, and then you you have to be a little bit, I think, creative on um, and smart with where you're hitting some of those greens, which I think is sort of his underrated superpower. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I thought he was really good and I think he'll eventually win a tournament there. We talked about this on I guess it was Thursday Greg, where Bryson seems to have these big numbers in the holster, right? Like the, they are um more frequent coming from him because of, I guess, his style of golf. But even when you have those big numbers, it's weekend 68-68 that flies him up the leaderboard. Right. And he, when, when he, it's kind of like Rory, when Rory figures out how to pull a couple of putts, he wins. When Bryson avoids big numbers and avoids mistakes, he wins. He's kind of in that same category um, along those lines. So it is definitely the big numbers that seem to get Bryson uh, upon occasion, which is fine. It goes with the style. There's a risk that you have to be able to take on. There's a risk you have to be willing to take on um, in order to win golf tournaments. And Bryson does that. And he's not a afraid. And sometimes you lose. Sometimes you hit loser approach shots. So it's not, uh, not the end of the world. I think it's a bonus for him. Um, because he thought he missed the cut. So obviously this is a pretty good finish for the guy and, um, a, a T nine at an event like this in your first event back, uh, after taking a little bit of a layoff, I, I think it's um, a nice way to shake off a little bit of rust. And I think you'll see Bryson contend 
um, next week. Uh, he may win next week. He's probably the guy that I have circled next week um, to win. This is one of those times where I'm pretty certain of it, like Adam Hadwin um, a couple of weeks back. But I think this one may have a, a stronger leg to stand on. I love the Hadwin bit. That's so good. Uh, I'm I yeah I'm happy that the Sunday call this time is Bryson DeChambeau a guy who's probably going to open up as a single digit odds on Monday and not Adam Hadwin who when Greg called him opened up at like 75 to 1 or something like that (laughs) did you (laughs) see it might have been deeper did y'all see the uh the picture and the video of Rory's baby just hollering afterwards just screaming I was like hey it's good to see other people it's good to see other people's kids are just insane as well. It's good to see other yeah. parents suffer a little bit. <laughs> this this great yeah. this great uh, you know moment of joy and happiness and and his his baby just like not having none of it like zero yeah. fun here. <laughs> yeah. it, it's like golf fans watching the U.S. Open. I, I want to see him <laughs> suffer. Maybe she had to say the same thing. Yeah, seriously. Maybe she had a ticket on him winning by two or more, and she was pissed about the 18th hole. Couldn't close it out. Couldn't make par and cash that ticket. Uh, Here's what we're going to do, gentlemen. We've got an interesting stretch of golf the next two weeks because we've got a new course for the Byron Nelson and a pretty stacked field. We've got the PGA Championship the week after that, which has just been upended by Rory's victory. And we've got to go through our betting cards and our one and done selections. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Next week, Greg, you have already proclaimed Bryson DeChambeau to be our champion. Uh, he's going to have to do it at TPC Craig Ranch, which is a new course on the PGA Tour schedule. I was trying to do a little bit of early reconnaissance and seems pretty wide open. Seems like uh, seems like low scores, bomb it wherever you want, make a bunch of birdies, couple drivable par fours. Seems like uh, TPC Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, it could be. And it's close for him, right? I mean, he was going home. Uh, he was going <laughs> home on Friday night and he was also going to get ready for Craig Ranch. It's right around the corner. What is it? Like 15 minutes away from where he lives. So yeah. uh, a rare home game on the PGA Tour. And um, I, I think it is a good thing for Bryson. It, I, I would imagine he's familiar with the golf course and is not going in uh, blind on Monday or Tuesday. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really nice setup for him. I've talked to a couple of people here in Dallas that have been out there, played it or whatever. And I think it's like really, really long. Like they, like it, it's, it's long, but it can play longer than it actually, like what the yardage is, which like you said, that's right up. It's, it's not Hogan's alley. It's, it's Bryson's alley. Byron Nelson won this event in, I think it was 1944. That was the first edition. Any guesses on how much the winner's share was that year? Like money? Mm, correct. Not FedEx cup points or anything else. Straight cash, homie. Uh, FedEx cup points in 1944. <laughs> you got like Sears Roebuck points back then. Um, <laughs> probably like 6,000. Decent guess, Greg. 48? 4,800 or 48,000? No, 1944. 1948. You can't even get anywhere close. So, yeah, I think 4,800. 4,800. I'll go with that. $2,000. $2,000 to the winner. The entire purse was like $10,000. Think about how quickly quickly Byron Nelson would have jumped to the PGL. Yeah. Only getting paid two thousand, he gets a hundred million dollar offer. He'd be there in a heartbeat. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, so we got a stacked field. We've got uh, Dustin Johnson's going to be there. Bryson DeChambeau, John Rahm, Jordan Spieth. Greg is back in action. We're talk about a couple home games. Jordan Spieth will be there. There's one I'm missing. Brooks Kepka will be there, making his first start since the Masters. And Hideki Matsuyama teeing it up for the first time since he's acquired a new jacket. Yeah, it's uh, you know, an interesting color choice for the jacket, but I like it. It looks good on him. So, um, yeah, Jordan, Jordan, going to be right there. Uh, you got to figure he's going to be contending and in the mix, getting ready to uh, attempt a career grand slam. I, and I kind of feel like this is the first, the first PGA Championship where there'll be a lot of pressure on him uh, to try to complete this career grand slam. You think about the first opportunity he had was in 2018. The game was kind of slipping. Um, things weren't really looking great for him. By the time we got to 19, he wasn't really 
uh, he wasn't really a, a part of the story going in. Nobody was really talking about him because of his form. He ends up coming in tied third, but wasn't really a part of the conversation because of what Brooks was doing. And then in 2020, his game was in complete shambles. And again, nobody was really talking about it. So I think this is going to be the first real crack at a PGA championship um, career grand slam attempt for Jordan, where people feel like he really has a chance to win. Speaking of the PGA Championship, completely different landscape now, KP, because Rory McIlroy is the favorite. 10 to 1 over at our friends, William Hill. 10 to 1, Dustin Johnson, 12 to 1, along with John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau, and Justin Thomas, 14, and Jordan Spieth going for that career grand slam, 16 to 1, the same odds as Xander Shoffley. We tried to warn people about the Rory thing, didn't we? We said, "Go get it, go get it." Five days ago, that was your last crack. Because it, it really only it really only took, and I, you know, I didn't even care if he won today in terms of what it meant for the PGA because it's 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 all about like how you hit, how you hit the ball, especially if you're him. You know, he didn't hit it that great at obviously at, at the Players at the Masters. Winning or finishing T three today was all about. His short game. Did you did you put it well? Did you get up and down? And he did. Um, but really, it was it was. I, I, did they did it change as of today or did it change yesterday? Do you do you know? I've been kind of tracking this. So before the round, William Hill. So it was like twenty to one last. You know, on Wednesday or whatever. Uh, yeah. William Hill cut him to twelve to one before today's round, and then obviously after the victory, he went down to ten. Yeah. Okay. So that that makes sense. You kind of go. I mean, that's all they needed to see was like one good round. And he, I mean, listen, he could have missed the cut on Friday. He was he was on the cut line going into Friday's round. And I just saw a tweet from Dylan Deshay uh, where Rory said that his neck locked up on Wednesday, and he almost withdrew. He almost pulled away. He, he was wearing that like KT tape or whatever. Yeah, yeah he was, and. <laughs> I don't know. Golf is, is idiotic. I haven't, people are like, why do you say, I don't know? Because none of us know, like we have no idea what's going to happen, you know? And, um, yeah, I think that I, I I thought his number was already going to drop from that. What'd you say? It started at 18 for the PGA 16. It was, it was 20 on Wednesday. 20. Jeez. I thought it was going to drop because once you get to the week, of the PGA and people are like, Oh yeah, he won back in 2012. Like it was going to go down. Um, but again, like it just took a couple of good rounds and I don't think it would have mattered. Like if he wouldn't have won today, it's probably at 11 to one or whatever. It might even drop to like eight or nine by the, by the week of. Yeah. We don't have any, do you think the, uh, do you, sorry, Rick, do you think that the neck thing explains the round on Thursday a little bit? Like that sounds to me like he's, he, his neck locks up Wednesday. he, decides he's going to play. It doesn't go great Thursday. doesn't hit it very well. It loosens up as the days go on. And then all of a sudden everything clicks and he's holding the trophy. I don't know. I mean, maybe does your neck keep you from hitting good wedge shots? Yeah. I mean, it can, I mean, it really, if you try to play golf with a stiff neck, you get like a little knot in there and you try to look up at the target. It, it changes everything. I, I think it's one of the worst um, injuries to have is a, a neck issue in the game of golf. Your whole body turns around. Your, your neck has to have mobility in order to make a, a turn, especially when you swing like Rory. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Is he, do you, do you guys think he's going to win the PGA or can like be in it? Sure. I'll tell you next Sunday. <laughs> You have to. You why? Got, what about two Sundays? You got Adam. You got Adam one, no, I don't go. Heads up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just one week. One week ahead for my Sunday calls. I mean, if he plays like he did the last three rounds, uh, he can contend and compete anywhere. He's probably even even at best, he's going to be what ten percent to win any golf tournament. So it's unlikely that he wins it just because of what golf is weird and a lot of things happen. But yeah, this 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 there should be no reason that Rory can't contend if he plays like he did this week. I think the interesting thing about Kiowa is the weather. 
And when you get to what kind of a draw you get, uh, my guess is there'll be a day where you have a, um, a dramatic difference between an afternoon and a morning. And I almost look at this like an open championship more so than a normal PGA. I mean, this isn't like a PGA at Bell Reef. This is a coastline golf course. Weather is a huge, it plays a huge role. And looking at the leaderboard from 2012, I was kind of surprised. I, I remembered it being, you know, I was thinking driver, driver, driver. Kiowa is going to be a great driver's golf course because Rory won and dominated with the driver. But you start to look at that leaderboard and it's really a more like an open championship, like a scrambler's kind of a leaderboard. And um, I'm very interested to see the weather report. And Rory's short game today and Rory's short game this week definitely gives me more confidence. But I'm not sure it's a, as much of bomber's paradise as we um, as we kind of think. Let's do our odds and ends. Let's start with our betting cards. So four of the five of us made money this week. Sorry, coach. Uh, KP, you were one of the big winners. Thanks to your Bryson DeChambeau over Xander Shoffley matchup and your Rory McIlroy 20 to one outright. Yeah, I think I, I had maybe one other Matt Wallace top 20. I think he finished in the top 20. Um, yeah, I wish I would have put more than five bucks on Rory now, or five nuggets, or five five nuggets, monopoly monopoly dollars. Um, yeah, I mean, it, we said it on Tuesday or whatever. Like, if you see Rory at twenty to one or higher, I mean, he could be playing on a broken leg. He could be playing with one arm. You got to you got to put something on it. Put put just any anything that's tangible on that number, and he went out and proved it right. He certainly did. Greg, you were a you were not a loser. You were a winner. You had a positive ROI this week. Joaquin Neiman top 20 and a Corey Connors three ball win over Cantlay and Webb that you didn't even have to sweat. And also Connors made an ace on Sunday. It helps. That one helped. Yeah. So th- those were those were easy. I thought Joaquin Neiman was gonna have a great week. I really Me thought too. this was a great golf course for him. Um so I was pretty I, I was um, almost disappointed because I, I just thought he was really going to contend. I wish I put a little more action on Hovland uh, as far as the uh, Jupiter of the West contest goes, because I was really high on Hovland and I just didn't really I didn't really play enough of him. I had uh, Hovland over Rory, which was tough. Uh, don't yeah. you hate that? Yeah, that's tough, a, that's tough a, it's scene. tough losing to Matt. Yeah, he beat yeah. he beat one hundred and fifty three guys, but Rory wasn't one of them. Oh, that's annoying. You should get like insurance on that. Like if your guy finishes runner up in a matchup. Yeah. I won the week with Sung JM over Max Homa getting a large portion of my nuggets and that same Rory McElroy outright that KP put his nugs on as well. But for the five of us making cash for the week, one and done. Oh boy. I'm hurting, boys. Let me get this all set up here. So so am I. Producer Jacob's going to bring up the results. Good thing is <laughs> we didn't get a lot of money, a lot of movement in general here. So uh, coach at 2.4 million, he was in the basement, went with Tony Finau, remains in the basement. And uh, Greg, this is now three weeks in a row that coach has failed to earn a dollar, which is not great. It, it, uh, I mean, what, what can you say? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Not much. I, ha- I haven't talked to coach in a while. And um, I just, I want him to know if he's listening that it, if he needs a hug, uh, I'm here for you. There you go. Free hug from Greg Ducharme. Producer yeah. Jacob extending his lead over coach. He's at 3.2 million. He got 273,000 KP from Patrick Reed, who just like low key hangs around all week, finishes T6 and gets Jacob a cool quarter mil. Yeah, I don't know that I saw I saw like one Patrick Reed shot. Um he finished what? Top ten? T six? My notes say T six. T six. Wow. That's uh Jacob. oh yeah. Now you now you jump in. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Con- congratulations. I didn't even didn't win he, the week. Spoiler. Didn't he play well at the PGA here in seventeen? Didn't he finish like T two or T three? Something like that. Is that why you picked him? Uh, I picked him because I was trying to uh, go a little contrarian. I saw no one else was picking Patrick Reed, and I assumed no one else would pick Patrick Reed. So, you know, whenever you're down uh, 
eighty million dollars like I am, and you're not eligible for PIP money, you got to start. You got to just start throwing things at the board and seeing what sticks. Hey, start flying private on Friday night and Saturday morning, and you'll be eligible for PIP money. We're gonna we're gonna start seeing some rules changes, I think, from producer Jacob in the next couple of weeks. He's gonna be like, "Yeah, everything's worth quadruple money now." As I try to climb back into this into this thing, Greg. You have a 3.3-ish million dollar lead over Jacob. You're at 6.599. You win the week, sir, because Victor Hovland and his T3 got you 477,900 nuggets. Yeah, so happy to um, get a little bit of action on on Victor Hovland. Um, and this is where, obviously, I played him. So I'm very happy with a T3 out of him, especially if we go with Kyle's kind of take on Victor Hovland that he doesn't, he just doesn't really, this is almost the ceiling, it seems like. So I'm very happy with this. I'm still, I'm still sitting in fourth. Uh, I'm trying to make up a little ground. I want to see it on that podium. Uh, what I really want is to defend my title and win this thing again. But I'm, um, I mean, that Rick's number up there is is looking steeper and steeper. I'm trying to make it a little bit easier for you. Uh, we'll talk about that in well, just a second. That. KP, you and Mark went with the same golfer. His name is Max Homa, and he got you both $0. So you remain $29,000 behind the Bolton Slayer. Yeah, the Bolton Slayer. <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> Uh, if I would have had everybody available, I think I would have picked Hovland. So that's kind of tough. But my, my other option this week that I was going to pick was Shane Lowry. And he did not, he made like 15 grand. So I don't really, I don't feel that bad. It was, it was a good pick at the beginning of the week. Didn't work out. I I was on a, just an unbelievable run, just a, a Baylor in the NCAA tournament like run. And, uh, I ended up getting beat. So it's okay. I am on a Detroit Lions type run because my last five <laughs> weeks have resulted in a combined $101,000 exclamated by my John Rom pick this week. So Greg, I, I'm, I'm working on this. I'm working on opening this thing up because I have now spent DJ and Rom in the last five weeks and gotten a combined $0. Yeah, you're uh, you're living on interest from that JT win. You're, you're still just sitting. You're not working. You're just kind of watching yeah. it grow on the comp- on the spreadsheet. And I'm glad we're not playing with interest because that would be a little bit tougher to catch. But yeah, hey, uh, keep it up, Rick. How many events do we have left? Like twenty? Does that sound right? Something like that. Twenty-two. No, less uh, than well, twenty. Like eighteen. Wow. Okay. I just need like. Yeah. I need like another I think million. RBC I think Heritage I was the halfway point. No. Okay. I can't. Was I it? Know. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Tyler I remember Strafacci, thinking the same thing. Tyler Strafacci just hit a hit a shank on the 18th hole out of the bunker that almost hit his team. Like his team was standing near the green, and then on his second bunker shot, he, he hit the he hit the stick. It almost went in. It was I, this is unbelievable. Live Walker Cup updates. Cup dates. Nowhere else can you get that but the first cup pod. We have 18, <laughs> ev- eight, 18 events left. If we don't do the Olympics, we should be required to do the Olympics for a night. Oh, can you imagine the rules that Jacob makes up for that? It'll be, <laughs> yeah. it'll just be. Because there's no money. He's just going to sign. Well, a gold uh-huh. medal, that's worth 10 million. I'm looking forward to that because yeah. I have an excuse <laughs> to pick Rory Sabatini in, a, in, in an that's event right. this year. He'll be in. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can make that a charity, a, a charity event. I love it. Yeah. Uh, okay, gentlemen. Charity. That will do it for our recap of the Wells Fargo Championship. Before I let you go, Back to your evenings. Any final thoughts before I kick it? Happy Mother's Day. To who? Uh, all the mothers. Well, all the mothers. The yeah, all the mothers. <laughs> and everybody. It, uh, mother's Day is a happy day for uh, for many of us. Um, my wife is a mother. My mother is a mother. Figure that one out. <laughs> so I mean, you know, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. <laughs> Again, I would like to reiterate two things. One, it's great to see Rory playing great golf. It's so much fun. It's way more fun than when he's not playing great golf. And two, it's good to see other parents suffer through parenthood as Rory and his wife were doing at Quaha today. So congratulations to Erica for being a mother and to uh, 
having to deal with a screaming child just like the rest of us. Congratulations, <laughs> McElroy's. <laughs> you love to see it. That'll do it for now. Let me thank producer Jacob doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Let me thank Greg Ducharme, who you can find on Twitter at the Real GFD. That right there, that's Kyle Porter. You can find him at Kyle Porter CBS, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. I will catch you next time.